Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 24. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, and mammon is the spirit of greed. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? <laughs> Which of you... <laughs> By taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature, which is about a foot and a half. A cubit's about 18 inches. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now verse number 3, the Bible said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And a lot of times we focus on that part, but the Bible also says, And His righteousness. So today we're going to talk about the effects of righteousness. Now I want you to go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I'm just going to read one scripture over there for right now. Romans chapter 5, verse number 17. The Bible says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, somebody say righteousness, righteousness. shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. I want Jesus Christ. So tonight we're going to talk about the effects of righteousness. When we talk about, and I've been referring over the last four, five, six months a whole lot about the fact that we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you remember it or not, but I did a lot of preaching. I'm sure you remember. did a lot of preaching for about a year before that on sonship. On how the, and, and I still hit it all the time. We're sons of God and heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I think the reason is because God is calling us to self-identify who we are in Him. We need to understand our position. We need to understand our authority. And when we talk about righteousness, we understand our standing in God. On Sunday... Especially the second service, there was, the first service was great, but second service there was a lot stronger clarification anointing on what I was ministering on righteousness and 
I shared with you in Romans chapter 8 where the Bible tells us that, you know, we have to make a choice. We're going to walk somewhere. We're going to walk after the Spirit or we're going to walk after the law of sin and death. Remember that? All right. Then we're going to stand somewhere. We're going to walk somewhere. We're going to stand somewhere. We're going to be under someone's influence or under some kind of influence. Tonight, I want to talk to you about how that there, there is, there is, what's the word? Uh, there is a benefit to knowing where we stand in God. The effects of righteousness. You see, God sees us in right standing with Him, not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus did. It's already done. You were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because God sees us through the eyes or through the filter of the blood of Jesus because God sees past the sacrifice or sees through the sacrifice of Jesus is a better way to put it because He sees us and views us through the sacrifice of Jesus then He sees us in right standing with Himself. So if He sees us that way, then we should not allow our mistakes or our failures or our sins to erase in us what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on Calvary. You see, the only power that Satan has over the church, he has through bluff and deception. The power that he has is the power that we grant him. The power that Satan has over you to defeat you and destroy you is the power that you have granted him for that. When you know who you are, when you know where you stand, when you know what authority that you are living your life under, then you can stand up and say, sin no longer has dominion over me. I am living in freedom because Jesus set me free and he that the Son set free, come on now, is free indeed. Free indeed. What does it mean by free indeed? It doesn't just mean that it settles it. It means that the deeds that I do every single day can be done because I'm in freedom. I'm not in freedom over something that I have done. I'm not in freedom over something, some price that I have paid. I live in freedom because the day that I give my life to Christ, I was linked up to what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And when I said, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life, he said, okay, and he cleansed me by his blood and made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which positioned me, and now here I stand not bound by past mistakes, not bound by past failures, not bound by sins. I'm not going to allow the enemy to erase in me what Jesus paid for. I'm not going to allow the enemy to convince me that I am less than what Jesus paid for me to be. He's not wasting his blood when it comes to me. He's not wasting His sacrifice when it comes to you and I because we know who we are, right? 
we know that we're what? Sons of God and heirs of God. I'm trying to get you to say it with me. And join heirs with Jesus Christ. The effects of sin, if we let it, may be able to unravel your life, but it will never, ever, ever, ever be able to unravel your righteousness. Boom on the devil. Boom on the devil. Can you hear me? Is this muffled or is it just me? Our sins can unravel our lives, but they cannot unravel our righteousness. Your sin, the effects of your sin, if you allow it, can unravel your life, but it'll never be able to unravel your righteousness because your righteousness was set over 2,000 years ago. And when He made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it, didn't ma it doesn't matter from that point on who you were. What matters is who you are in Him. Because as I said Sunday morning, our, and that's the whole gist of the message Sunday morning, our lives are hid with Christ in God. We live in His protection. We live in His authority. We live in His identity. We were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is why people don't keep their healing. It's why they don't keep their prosperity. It's why they don't keep the blessings of God upon their life and everything that Calvary paid for because they don't understand that you have a heavenly right to stand in a place of healing, in a place of health, in a place of peace, in a place of prosperity. We have that right as sons of God and heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ. My mistakes from my past cannot stop me from receiving what Jesus paid for. They might stop someone from thinking that I deserve them and they would be right. But thank God we don't get what we deserve. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Dear God, I feel an anointing in this place tonight. See, Satan always attacks our identity. He always attacks our identity in Christ, especially when we miss the mark, especially when we do something wrong. And he wants us to believe that you can no longer be right with God. That's why when I was growing up in church, every time we had revival, I felt like I needed to walk the aisle and get saved all over again. How many's ever been there? I would go to bed at night scared to death that Jesus was going to come and I'd get left behind. A lot of condemnation. It is what it is. A lot of condemnation. Didn't understand my position in the Lord. Pastor, can you lose your salvation? No, but you can give it up. I said, you can give it up. Somebody said to me, they said, well, I don't think you can lose your salvation. I said, well, you can jump out of God's hand. Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you and I'll seal your heart unto the day of redemption. But when we get to the point where we say, you know what? I don't think I need God anymore. At that point, God didn't leave you. You left him. You left him. So Satan will come to us and he'll try to make us think that because we messed up that we can no longer be right with God. The fact that I messed up doesn't mean that I'm not right with God. The fact that I messed up means that I need to make things right with God. I'm still standing in righteousness. 
I'm still enjoying the grace of God. I'm not saying that that's, I'm not saying, now don't misinterpret me. I'm not saying that we have a license to do whatever we want to do. No, what I'm saying is we, we have Calvary available to us. The Bible said that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So when we come to God, and here's the point that I'm trying to make. I think that someone can lose their relationship with God by leaving God, but I think it's a little harder to lose your relationship with God than what we have thought because God is merciful and God is gracious. Now, He's not going to tolerate sin. He's not going to tolerate sin, but you and I need to quit living in condemnation over the mistakes of the past and we need to let the devil know that we know who we are in Christ and that we are standing firm on the fact that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I'm not going to bed tonight and laying my head down and being afraid that the trumpet's going to sound and I'm going to get left behind. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I believe that he's the son of God. I don't just believe it. I know that I know that I know. In my knower I know that He's the Son of God and that He came to this earth and that He died on Calvary so that I could be saved. And I've taken advantage of that. And I've said, Lord, I thank You. And now He is my Savior and He is my Lord. He comes right now. I'm out of here. I was teasing my daughter the other day. She said, I came home. Wasn't nobody here. I said, was you afraid the Lord came? She said, not at all. I was still here. I said, you're a chip off the old block, girl. So Satan will always attack our identity in Christ when we do something wrong. He wants us to believe we can no longer be right with God, but he has to realize that there is nothing that we have to realize that there is nothing that can take away what Jesus has done. Nothing that can take that away. Now, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 19. Let's just kind of go there for just a moment here. Are you guys with me? I'm not, I hope you don't think I'm talking in circles. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of, of one shall many be made righteous. The Bible said that we were born in sin and in sin did our mother uh, conceive us. We were born sinners because of man's disobedience in the Garden of Eden. Now, when we're born again, we're made righteous because of the obedience of Jesus. Here it is. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. That would be Adam, the first man, Adam. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And that would be the second Adam. That would, also, that would be Jesus Christ. So verse 20, moreover the law. So in other words, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. First John chapter 2 and verse 1. Under grace were made righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. Under the law, people had to work for their righteousness by trying to keep the law. That was law. Now we receive righteousness by faith through grace. Through grace. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. When God looks at us, He sees us as holy and blameless. 
Look at verse 3. Be, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Look at this. According as He hath chosen us in Him. Remember, our lives are hid with Christ in God. In Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now go over to Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 20. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled. Who did He reconcile? Who did he reconcile? I just read it to you. Well, I mean, that's true, but I just read it to you. Those who were sometimes alienated from him. Have you ever felt like that God was a long ways away? You ever felt like that he wasn't accessible? Have you ever been driving down the, car, down the road in the car like I have and said, God, where are you at? You ever done that? So quiet. I'll take that as a yes. Sometimes we feel like we're aliens. And the Bible said, and, and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Enemies in your mind by wicked works. You ever got angry at God? What's God's response when we get angry at Him? He loves us anyway, doesn't He? Sometimes my kids, I'm, I'm like, oh, dear God, so stupid. You ever feel that way? Have you ever felt that way? I mean, I mean, I love my kids, but that has happened a time or two. My goodness, you won't listen to nobody. You know? But I love them. But I love them. I think God just looks at us and says, bless you. And He just loves us. Sometimes we alienate ourselves from God because of our actions. Sometimes we alienate ourselves because we let our mind go crazy and we let the enemy in the flesh try to work up that we're enemies of God in, inside of our head. And the Bible said, but, but He's reconciled you to Him. In other words, I've, I've, I've made it possible for you to come back into fellowship with me because of righteousness. Now look at this. Verse number 22. He reconciled us in the body of His flesh. Now I want you to notice something here that you probably did not notice. In verse number 21, when the Bible said in you, comma, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, comma, yet now hath He reconciled, no period, no comma, no colon, no semicolon, so that means it might be the end of verse number 21, but it's not the end of the statement. 
So take away, ver take away where it says verse number 22. Don't take verse 22 away, but take away and, and, and take the capital I and N and make it a small I and just continue reading it like this. And you, comma, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, comma, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, comma, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, semicolon, if... Ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So the Bible said that we have been reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. So we've been reconciled to God in the body of his flesh through death. Death. There's a couple of deaths there that we can talk about. We can talk about the death that Jesus experienced and, and then when he rose again. And we can talk about how that we need to let our flesh die to our wills and to our wants and to our emotions. God has reconciled us in the body of his flesh. He's brought us back together. He's brought us back into fellowship even from the point where we felt like we were alienated and in our minds we were enemies of God working things bad in our mind. God said, I'll take you and I'll reconcile you to me. I'll bring you back into fellowship with me. I'll make you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'll apply my blood because of my death on the cross. And when I do that, then I'm going to present you to God and here's how I'm going to present you who were once an alien and you who were once the enemy of God because I reconciled you. Here's how I'm going to present you to God. I'm going to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. Right standing with God. Righteousness. Righteousness. Here's one thing that I have learned through the years. I don't have to always understand how he does it, but I know he does it. I don't understand how he could, after 2,000 years, take the blood that he shed over 2,000 years ago and still continue to cleanse and wash my sin. I don't particularly understand why he had to do it the way he did or how he does the way that he does it, but I know that I've been washed and I know that I've been cleansed and I know that I've been sanctified and set apart holy unto him. I know that I was created. I know that I've been created to worship. I know that I've been, been created to praise. I know that I've been created to be a conduit of the anointing. I know that I've been created to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I know that I've been anointed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and see people give their life to Jesus Christ. I know that. Have I lived perfect? No. There's times I've felt like I was an alien. There's times I've got upset at God because he didn't do things on my table or do it the way that I thought that he should do it. But thank God he loved me through my mess and he loved me through my failure and he loved me through my sin and he loved me through my shortcomings and he reached down and he picked me up and he reconciled me back to God and cleansed me from all of those things and then presented me unto the heavenly Father as holy and and unblameable and without sin for his purpose, for his anointing, for his work. Hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Now the enemy 
wants to hold us in condemnation to our past, but when we come into the revelation of reconciliation and realize that God has made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when the enemy pulls up my past, I say, no, that's not who I am. This is where I stand. You are trying to condemn someone from past mistakes that has already been presented to my heavenly Father as holy and unblameable and without sin. Hallelujah. And the way that I stay that way is I continue in the faith. Now, here's what the Word says. I continue in the faith, grounded and settled. I told Charles today, we were, he was sitting in my office, and I told Charles today, I said, you have to find that place where the Word of God is just consistent. Because there's going to be ups and downs through your entire life and through your entire ministry. And I told him, I said, the only thing that remains constant is the Word of God. That's it. That's why word churches are so important. Hype churches are fun, but they're here one day and gone the next. The Bible said that we're supposed to be rooted and grounded, that we're supposed to be settled. We're supposed to be settled. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and look at this. And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached unto every creature which is under heaven whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. And you just go on through the rest of the chapter there. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I'm made a minister according to the dispensation of God or the time frame of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Man, there's so much preaching here. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking so many passes here. <laughs> Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, and here's the mystery, this is the revelation of the mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Woo! Why was it a mystery? Because the Jews couldn't understand it. And what he was saying was, it's been preached to the world and the Gentiles are getting it, but the Jews are still hung up in the law and they're having a hard time understanding the fact that Christ can actually be in us, which is the hope of glory. Glory, the ambience of God, the completeness of God, the atmosphere that brings completeness and health and wholeness, that's glory. Whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Where 
unto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. So what he was saying, just real, in, in a small capsule, and it said a lot more, but in a small capsule, basically he was saying, I'm in him, and he's in me, and he's working mightily in me to minister to you so he can come in you and you can be in him and he can work mightily in you. That's just encapsulated form. Yeah, but you don't understand where I've been or what I've... You were an alien from the grace of God. That means that the grace of God was something that was so foreign to you, it was like it was off another planet. Right? The power of God. You were an alien to the power of God. But now He wants to be in you, and you in Him, and Him working mightily in you to affect those around you, so He can work in them, and they can be in Him, and he can work through them. So now no longer are you an alien, but you're a resident of heaven. Hallelujah. You're a resident of heaven, and so you carry the effects of righteousness. You're standing. You're standing. Y'all with me? That's why when God looks at us, He sees us as holy and He sees us as blameless. He knows where you went, where you came from. He knows what you've battled. He knows what the guilty things are that they, all that guilt that the devil tries to put on you. Let me tell you something. If you did it yesterday, if you did it this morning, and He forgives you, it's in the past. And if you'll let it, it'll be done. It'll be finished. I think it's important for us to understand that we need to be discerning because not everybody that says, oh, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, is free. We've got to be discerning. The Bible said that we're not to let Satan take advantage of us. So we have to be discerning. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right there. You guys can take the rest of this and study it. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.